0: Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew.
1: At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew zero sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew zero sugar. It's zero sugar, all Dew. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Excellent everyone, it's a brand new week I hope that each and every one of you had a super weekend And that uh, for the most part of it you stayed out of trouble And uh, that everyone is safe and sound Because wow, what a week we have lined up for you On tonight's show, one of the uh, guests is Philip Mantle He's going to be on our very last segment Because it's going to be 6 o'clock in the United Kingdom He's going to be telling us about the Ray Santilli alien autopsy Fake or real? Well, I've got my opinions and I'm sure that they'll be proven right later on the fourth hour of tonight's show. Randy Berger is going to be joining me in a few minutes. We're going to be talking about who is the real culprit in Ellen's past the puppy drama. Dog re- she is a dog rescue expert and she says mutts and moms did the right thing. Greg Myers will be joining us to talk about paranormal Missouri and Patrick Cook is in the second segment tonight talking about the Cook Report. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is one 877 528 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 528 My email address is exone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.exxonetradio.com. And TV.com. My producer tonight at Master Control is the one and only flying spandex kid himself, my buddy Superman. Hey, Superman, how are you doing tonight? You're looking good from here. Nice working with your partner. Did you have a good weekend? Excellent, excellent. Do you remember the uh, schmozzle uh, a couple of weeks ago on television with the uh, Ellen De- DeGeneres? Well, you know what? Who's the real culprit in Ellen's past the puppy drama? The battle over a pup rages on in Hollywood, Ellen DeGeneres. A tearful plea to return an adopted pup she gave to her hairdresser's children has been talked about on Tinseltown. Well, why? Come on. Adding to the fur now, reports reveal that this is not the first time Ellen's given away an adopted dog. Who's really at fault in this doggy debacle? the popular talk show hostess, or the highly maligned mutts and moms agency that confiscated the puppy. Our guest this hour is Randy Berger. Randy is the founder of Recycled Pets Rescue and All Volunteer Rescue, which has saved the lives of more than 10,000 dogs over the last 20 years, and God bless you for that, Randy. She's a graduate of California State University at Northridge with a degree in psychology and theater. Randy got her first puppy from a shelter when she was seven years old, when she returned to the shelter uh, when she returned to the shelter as an adult to choose another dog. She was shocked to learn about the staggering number of animals euthanized at public shelters. Determined to save as many as possible, Randy launched one of the most respected, private, cageless animal rescue organizations in Southern California. She also developed a unique concept that was unheard of in her area at the time, holding open house, an open house for dogs, open house for dog adoptions at a popular at popular local attractions. Randy also found herself learning many of the technical veterinary procedures that animals required for proper care. While helping while helping abused dogs overcome their fears, Randy fell into a successful career of training dogs and cats. For movie work as well as obedience training. My Recycled Pets Diary of a Dog Addict received the Writer's di- uh, Digest inters- in- inspiro- Inspirational. Jeez, I'm having a hard time tonight. Inspirational Award. And Randy, how are you?
0: You're going to make me feel comfortable now because my 21-year-old dog kept me up all night, so I'm not going to be able to speak that well either.
1: <laughs> all right, so Randy, listen, you and I have got to take a two-minute commercial break. Uh, so while uh while we're doing that, get yourself a cup of coffee, get relaxed in that big comfy chair of yours, and two friends, you and I are going to be talking about who's the real culprit in Ellen's past-the-puppy drama. I'll be back with Randy Berger on the other side of this commercial break. Her website is very simple, randyberger.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The ex Owner. we're coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
0: With you now. I'm telling you now, I'll show you what you want hear. I'll be telling you for am in love with you
1: now. Do you think I'm fooling And welcome back. Randy Burger's our very special you. guest. And Randy, I've got a special place in my heart for all animals. I was the uh, former director of communications for the Hamilton Burlington SBCA, so animals are very special to me and People have no idea what some animals go through. And uh, thanks very much for joining us tonight to talk about who's the real culprit in Ellen's uh, Pass the Puppy. People people seem to forget the fact that animals have feelings, they get attached to their human families, that they want to please their human families any way they can. Animals are... are, are, are typical examples of species that give unconditional love. So why in the name of heaven would people be mean to animals?
0: Well, I always say, look at how people, I mean, people do it to their children. You know, they obviously are going to be comfortable doing it to their animals and... You know, sometimes it's just how we cope with life. But <laughs> I was—I was, I was going to say, one of my dogs is 21 years old, and he his new thing is staying up all night, and he's teaching me patience. <laughs> well,
1: what but, you, well, yeah. what you can do is you can turn on your computer and let him listen to our show all night long, and I'll say hi to him in every few minutes. How's that?
0: Oh, he'll be directing your show. He'll <laughs> take it over and be directing it and in charge. Of
1: it. Oh, so so tell me when when you heard the entire hoopla about. Um, Ellen and the puppy drama. What was your feeling? Do you think that this was just another publicity hoax by Ellen?
0: I mean, I, I don't know because I wasn't there, so you know. it's hard to say. But all I know is that when we started our rescue in the eighties, we didn't focus on long term commitments. We just wanted to place our dogs. And today, our biggest focus is long term commitment and helping people resolve issues so they'll so they'll keep the dogs that are with them. Because getting a dog getting bounced around from home to home is not healthy, like nope. you were talking about at the beginning, it's not healthy for the dogs. And that rescue probably had 50 people wanting that puppy. When we get a small, cute dog like that for adoption, we'll often screen through sometimes 50 applications and people to pick the, the right home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't want the dogs getting bounced around. And of course not. You know, we have a contract, too, and it's the same contract we've had placing thousands and thousands of dogs we want to know where the dogs are for the rest of their lives and we will take them back or help rehome them forever so we can keep track of them so they don't end up in a medical research lab or in a shelter where they get euthanized
1: you know uh why would a rescue agency dictate what someone adopting a dog can or can't do with the dog
0: you know i, t- I should tell people if they don't if people want to do whatever they want with the dog then and a lot of people aren't going to like me saying this, but go to a breeder or a pet shop because half the dogs we take in come from breeders who mm-hmm. don't want them back and don't you know, don't want to take them back. And the rescues, it's like our hearts and souls go into what we do. And a lot of the dogs that we've taken in and, and worked with have been through a lot. And we want to know how this dog is for its entire life. We want to keep track of it and know if there's any issues. And that's the difference between a rescue and most breeders, and I, there's some good breeders out there, and definitely pet shops. You know, it's, it's just about selling a pet. And mm-hmm. with us and a lot of the rescues that have been around a while, it's more about making a match that's going to last forever. And, you know, we want to know everything. A lot of the people now that adopted for me are contacting me, like reconnecting with me at the end of their pet's lives, you know, wanting to know how to deal, how to deal with issues that are coming up health issues and we sure. want to work through that with people and give them options
1: how do you screen the uh prospective adoptive owners
0: i mean we it's actually on on my website we have a an application and it's you know we we, we look for a match that's gonna that, that fits each dog it's mm-hmm. not There's not, there might, someone might be a great home for one dog, but not for another.
1: You're not going to put a big bull mastiff in an apartment.
0: Right. Well, actually, they probably, a bull mastiff would probably be fine in an apartment if someone were home all the time and it was Mm -hmm. sitting in bed with them. But no, (laughs) no, but I mean, it's really like most little dogs need someone with them all the time. And a lot of little dogs are not good with kids. A lot of them are snappy. So, you know, it just depends. And, our thing also is to really be careful if someone is willing if they've ever given up pets before in the past and they haven't made that un you know that undivided unconditional commitment to the pet they're probably going to do it again. So we want to make sure that people haven't given up a pet before in the past. Right. There's an exception to everything. So, you know, we just want we look into the past now. Sometimes we'll even call the people's vets to see how they cared for an animal that they had in the past and we we've gotten a lot more picky with how we place our dogs and we have the luxury of being that way when we when we place because a lot of times we will have multiple people wanting the the same the same dog
1: Dad, uh, let me just get back to this question about uh, ellen do you think that ellen was wrong for giving away her puppy
0: well first of all she signed a contract i don't care if it was her or her partner she signed a contract agreeing to return the dog to the rescue or mm-hmm. contacting them so she and she probably admits this now it wasn't her right to do that to go and just find a new home for that dog without letting the rescue know and also these people who have this dog now are they going to commit to 15 years and through the entire lifespan of that dog and if not where's that dog going to go next because again Half the dogs that have come through our rescue are like five to fifteen years old where people didn't make that lifetime commitment so and people people need to know that there's actual people out there who are called bunchers and they take dogs that are given up Mm -hmm. that people think they're doing a good thing by giving a dog away free to a good home there's bunchers who come and take those dogs pose as the greatest pet parents in the world and go and sell those dogs to research labs and get several hundred dollars for doing so. So, I mean, if Ellen wants to start her own rescue, we'll help her learn how to do it properly. But, you know, somebody needs to keep track of the dogs that go through the rescue, and that's the reason they have a contract, because they want to know where the dogs are for the rest of their lives, which is good, you know, more power to them for what they did.
1: New reports say this isn't the first time Ellen's given away an adopted dog. Howard Stern claims this is the ninth time she's done this. Uh, is, is this a pattern with some people who think that they're acting with good intentions? We,
0: we've, <laughs> we've had some people like that coming through the rescue, and some of the rescues, we, we all kind of work together, like at least in Southern California, mm-hmm. and there's lists circulating of people who have a habit of doing this. Or they, want, or they don't want to pay to go through a breeder or a pet shop. They just right. want to get a pet without having to pay as much as a breeder or a pet shop would charge. So they'll keep going to rescues. And some people just change their mind about things anyway in their lives. So, <laughs> so the pets sometimes end up getting the raw deal in it if that's someone's nature, where they change their minds with things other things in their lives so.
1: well what about the children involved do you think the rescue agency should have uh, given the puppy back to the hairdresser's family
0: you know if the hair if that family was an appropriate match for that dog then absolutely so i mean we don't rule out anything we don't have everything set in stone we make exceptions to everything so yeah if it, if it was an appropriate home then absolutely
1: now, what, uh, do you work in association with the American SPCA? Because their inspectors are actual law enforcement officers. Uh, do you work with them?
0: No, I wish I did, though. No, <laughs> no we don't. I mean, we just we are the, the private rescues pretty much do their own thing. And sometimes we have to report cases where there's like, severe abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm. But, but we pretty much, the private rescues do their own thing.
1: But a private rescue doesn't have the authority to go in and seize an animal.
0: And if they have a contract where somebody signed that, they do. They have a right to reclaim a dog. A lot of the rescues were putting in their contracts that they had the right to sue if there's a breach of contract. I mean, yeah, if somebody breaches a contract, a lot of the rescues have now put that in, even an amount that they can sue for if somebody
1: breaches the contract. And we've had to do that, too. All right. Now, have have any of these cases gone to court? And what has the uh, outcome been?
0: I've been in court. <laughs> People think running a rescue is a really charming, peaceful thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it is for the most part because it, the end result is seeing dogs that were unwanted, and we also do cats and other animals, but, you know, seeing them actually be appreciated and honored, that's an incredible feeling, and working with a really abused dog and seeing that dog tail wag for the first time, that's, that's a high that you can't explain it that nothing can compare to but um we've been i mean we've had problems with people not like if they if they had a dog we we actually had a cop sue a police officer sue us and it went to court and he actually sued us and it turned out he did not take his dog to the vet and the dog was sick it got into something they couldn't even prove what happened and we pulled vet records and But, I mean, we have never actually sued anyone. We've had people try to sue us, but we won every time or else it was thrown out. So, especially in Southern California, people like to sue. What can I say?
1: (laughs) Now, uh, how did you get started in your rescue mission? And how many people work with you?
0: Well, I, okay, I, it was one of those things where if you think about it, you probably wouldn't have done it Mm -hmm. because when I reflect back, when I released my book, I had to try to figure out how many dogs i've rescued and i was like completely flabbergasted because i had no clue that i had done what i did (laughs) when the book first came out the first edition it was in 04 but it was just after my first dog died he was a dog i grew up with and and i was completely lost i I really connected with animals more than humans Mm -hmm. and I was completely lost and I ended up leaving the state and traveling around the country, not knowing what I was going to do. I had just graduated from college and just, I mean, a lot of people, their, their animals are the most unconditional love that they might ever have in their lives. So that's when I, I ended up coming back and I didn't think I would ever go through that again or ever, ever get another dog. And I ended up starting, you know, going into the shelters just looking, I wasn't going to commit to anything. And then I realized in the shelters that over 75% of the dogs at that time, and this was in the 80s, mm-hmm. I realized that over 75% of them were euthanized. And I was had no clue that that was going on. In All right.
1: the- Let's talk about the euthanization of the animals when we come back of this, uh, from this commercial break. Randy Berger is our special guest, www.randyberger.com one 877 528 is my toll-free number. If you'd like to give us a call, ask Randy a question. That's one 877 528 My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon. Randy Berger and I will be back on the other side of this commercial set as the Exxon continues live and around the world. All-Hit Radio.
0: Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save.
1: It's no longer about answering the most emails. It's about prioritizing what's most important.
0: Hey, Lexus, give me directions to Eagle's Peak Hiking Trail. Calculating route.
1: That's why the Lexus NX has an interface engineered to understand you and an available 14-inch touchscreen that's simpler and more intuitive. The Lexus NX. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
0: Availability and accuracy of navigation system depends on many factors. Data charges may apply. Cedar Point's Frontier Festival is back and brimming with new flavor. From May 26th through June 19th, this Old West-inspired street fest will fill Cedar Point with live bands, nightly hoedowns, and a hubbub of family activities. Yup, you'll find wheelbarrows packed with sunflowers and characters straight out of the Frontier, but you'll also discover 25 cherry-inspired dishes and over 65 cocktails, seltzers, and beers. Get all the fix-ins plus savings to boot with the Frontier Festival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and a tasting card. Only at CedarPoint.com.
1: my special guest. Her website is www.randyberger.com Randy, what is the ratio to, uh, what is the ratio of animals that get euthanized uh, compared to those who get adopted?
0: Well, when I started my rescue in the 80s, about 75% of the dogs in the shelters were being euthanized. Mm -hmm. Which is why I started my rescue. At that time, there weren't that it wasn't such a popular thing to be shopping at animal shelters. I jokingly said, being a valley girl growing up in the, the Val, San Fernando Valley in Southern mm-hmm. California, I used to shop at animal shelters instead of malls when I first started my rescue.
1: How many dogs have you rescued so far?
0: No, no. No, it's... um. The rescues place, we've placed over 10,000, but that's over a 20-year period. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of newer rescues out there now, and I don't want rescues to go out and go and take 1,000 dogs in because you get overwhelmed in every way. So, that, I mean, that's slow and steady, and over a 20-year period, we've placed over 10,000 pets and helped a lot of other rescues get going. Because we want the rescues to survive out there, not just be around for a few years.
1: Now, do you spade and neuter the animals that come to you?
0: We do, and that's, that's a huge thing, obviously, because that helps you know, prevent the, the, you know, the need to euthanize mm-hmm. so many pets. And now, in certain areas, the shelters will not release animals over six weeks, believe it or not, without them being spayed or neutered. So a lot of the animal shelters are actually doing it that young just to stop the overpopulation
1: problem. Is there any danger of um, spading or uh, neutering a a pup at that young age?
0: Well, I'm, okay, I'm not a vet, but I personally, I would not, I mean, physiologically, uh, there's, this has been a huge controversy also, because there's vets that absolutely won't do that. So, and the shelters have to look at it like they don't want to be euthanizing all these pets, mm-hmm. and they prefer to do that than be putting them to sleep. So that's there's that's a really controversial issue. And, and if I had all the animals with me and knew that they were going to be getting altered, or you know that I knew that I would do have it done at the ideal age. I mean, I would say six to seven months is the ideal age. But the shelters have to do that, or else it would just be out of control. And this actually in Southern California, this is actually one of the first years where that the actually more animals were getting adopted than euthanized, which is an amazing success.
1: Where do you get your funding from?
0: <laughs> we we don't actively we don't actively fundraise. My my book that I that I wrote about my rescue has been the biggest source of raising funds for the rescue. Mm-hmm. And um, we all the few volunteers that have been with me. One, Sarah Belgard, bless her heart. She's been with me over 15 years. And wow, yeah, amazing. And I'd rather you were asking me how many people, how many volunteers. Yes. I'd rather have one or two sane, peaceful, competent volunteers than having a ton of people in and out so so a lot of the another person barbara miller has been with my rescue she's known me almost 20 years and still stays in contact with me after knowing me that long <laughs> no but um yeah i mean and i've had i've, I've had volunteers mm-hmm. get mad because they wanted to keep dogs that were not they were great foster homes but they weren't good permanent forever homes for the pets and you know, our focus is what is the best thing for each pet that we place for its entire lifespan, not just right now on an impulse decision.
1: So so what do you do if the animal is not... cannot go to a foster home? Uh, what do you do with the animal then?
0: You mean if there's not an, a, a foster home available? Well, let's
1: say the animal that you've rescued just doesn't work out uh, that you foresee problems with this animal going into a foster home?
0: You know, it it depends. There's so many variables with all of this because some dogs have to be only dogs. Mm -hmm. So we, there's sometimes, you know, sometimes we would have to find a foster home where there's no other pets. And some of them aren't good with cats. So if we have a foster home that has cats, that wouldn't work in that situation. Some of them aren't good with kids. So, and we're really picky with, with temperament testing, everything so we know exactly the right situation to foster. Today, we're more, our focus more is working with owners and preventing people from giving up their pets. And we're having about an 80 to 90 percent success rate with that, actually talking people through the process, catching people before they turn their dogs mm-hmm. or cats into the shelters, and helping give them options so that which gives them hope and help you know so people decide to not and not ultimately give up their pets that's our goal today and getting other rescues going and helping them understand longevity of a rescue not just an impulse fun few year you know little venture that a lot lot of people go on but we want to be there for the entire lifespan of the pets that we place to be able to help people through the entire journey of a pet.
1: Do you also deal with feral cat rescues?
0: Well that's something that we've started. <laughs> we've started doing that. you started working catching feral mm-hmm. cats and trapping and doing some of that also. So um, it, and that's, that's a tough one because usually what happens with that is there just there's people out there who trap them'll get them altered and then re-release them just to help prevent the overpopulation with that.
1: Because the statistics on a couple of feral cats going, uh, deciding to open up house somewhere, the numbers, uh, they are just phenomenal. Yes. In no time at all, you have a, a cat population that you would not believe. Um, what is the hardest part about running your operation?
0: Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone who works with animals usually prefers to deal with animals mm-hmm. but with any business it's dealing with the people <laughs> it's you know people just people not making that long-term commitment to their pets and you know after 10 years deciding that they want to travel or you know they wanted they just don't want their pet that they've had and that's the hardest thing for us to you know to deal with that because a lot of what comes to our rescue is people giving up their pets because they're moving into an apartment or they want to start traveling or you know a lot of seniors get sick and they can't physically take care of their animals anymore that's really hard and our focus has always been more kind of leaning mm-hmm. towards working with the senior animals or for me I really like working with the abused ones and rehabilitating them and that's the That's just really a hide to see. It
1: always used to boggle my mind that people, for some reason, would forget that these cute, adorable little puppies grow up into big dogs.
0: Uh, (laughs) Wait, and then I have ones that, that are like, that are defying all earthly logic and should be dead and don't die <laughs> so people I mean like this one this one I have one is 18 blind diabetic thinks he's a puppy mm-hmm. this other one who's 21 he's the last chapter in my book I mean people when you take on a pet you have no clue how long it's gonna live or what it might go through but so that and that's and placing puppies we don't even want to place puppies because that is the mentality of most people yeah. go for puppies they want they just want a cute little thing and they're not thinking okay how is this dog going to be at 15 or 16 years old and am i am i going to do whatever not dog... only at
1: 15 or 16 how much is this going to cost? dog going to cost me in food in right. vet bills in shots in right. you know uh, the uh, taking it to the poodle parlor for its hairdo um, you know, are we, are we going to have to build a fence? There's a lot of responsibility that goes into buying an animal or adopting an animal into your home. And I, I'm, I'm glad so many shelters and now the uh, Humane Society say, well, sit down and wait a minute. Just don't come in, give us your money and take the dog up, because you're going to be back in two or three weeks. And that's no, that's no good for the animal. And it's nice to see people taking responsibility for the care of the animal."
0: That I just saw is that the average cost to have a pet through its entire life is a minimum of Mm $20,000. And people need to know that before they make that commitment.
1: Yes, they do. And people also need to realize that the animals have feelings too. That, you know, when you decide to, oh, geez, I don't want the dog anymore, let's give it away, that animal suffers. It goes through withdrawal. It goes through uh, a psychological abandonment, just like a human does. People need to think before they buy animals.
0: And that's why, like our focus and Sarah's, my volunteer has been with me 15 years. She's been Mm -hmm. working a lot on, you know, that level with the people giving up the pets. Really having them taking the time to talk to them and, you know, really work through issues so people won't give up their pets. I mean, that is our goal today, not just easily take. A lot of rescues, when they get going, they're all excited to take in, and they think they're helping and all that, Mm -hmm. but no, now we're really focusing on, we're helping a lot more by giving people options so they'll keep their pets. And a lot of the older dogs, certain breeds don't acclimate that well to new new owners. Of That's right. guardians of parents Chows, losses, these are not dogs that bond really easily, so a lot of those dogs, they're given up at, you know, over five or six years old, and they just don't really adjust sometimes to a new home. I mean, it takes them longer, but most people don't want to wait that out, want to wait six months for a dog to make eye contact or stop growling at them. Those are the ones I personally like, though. <laughs> I like the challenges.
1: When, are there any specific dog that you would not place in a home with a baby?
0: I mean, and again, with every, see, I don't generalize with anything because there's certain breeds that are supposed to be really good with kids, mm-hmm. and sometimes within that breed you'll find one or two that's just really off that's not good. So, it's you know, it really depends on each particular dog or we also do cats and other animals but i mean i really just map we really match each situation up for that exact situation not not generalized because like a lot of jack russells people think aren't good with kids mm-hmm. well and i i jokingly say this jack russells are like very intelligent kids with add attention deficit disorder <laughs> like they have really high iqs and if I've, I have had incredible success placing Jack Russells with kids that have ADD because there's, there, it's a good match. And the, if the parents have, have survived ADD kids, they can do a Jack Russell. But Jack Russells aren't breeds that a lot of people can handle because they're so hyper and smart. So we just kind of match up each situation for that particular situation, and we try not to generalize the stereotype.
1: And of course, there are those cute little movies that come out. I remember 101 Dalmatians when it came out. Three or four months later, we were inundated with Dalmatian pups.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the same thing with the Jack Russells with the um, the movie. You know, I think it was Mavs. Mm-hmm. The that there was a Jack Russell in and um, Fraser with yes. Eddie. Everyone thought that Jack Russells acted exactly like that. I'm like, no, no, that's no, no. How they are on TV. <laughs> That's a highly trained dog. Jack Russells do not act like that every day.
1: What is your opinion on pit bulls?
0: You know, and the pit bulls are just... You know, Jack Russells are little pit bulls. This is pit bulls or terriers. If you watch dog shows, terriers are supposed to be scrapping. Mm -hmm. So a lot of pit bulls, they're great with people. A lot of times it depends on how they're raised. If you take most pit bull puppies and you look at them as puppies, they have the greatest temperaments in the world. But I've seen pit bulls turn after two and three years old where they're fine and then all of a sudden they'll turn and kill another dog. We've seen that happen. So it's just like with any, terriers are usually a lot of times dog aggressive. They're not good with other dogs. So pit bulls have a 2,500-pound locking jaw if they bite so they can do more damage, but generally. The, a pit bull from a puppy that's raised well is, he usually has a great temperament. They just can be dog aggressive.
1: Do you think pit bulls have been getting a bum rap?
0: Well, I mean, I don't think that it's unjust. I think that they're, they they can go off. Mm-hmm. We, we've had we've seen pit bulls kill other dogs that again had been fine for a couple of years, and all of a sudden would just turn and, and kill another dog. So, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's completely unwarranted, some of the the things that are being said about pit bulls, but I think generally, if you see a pit bull puppy, they act like labs. Yeah, they they do. They are pretty sweet.
1: And then something goes boink.
0: Yeah, but that's how terriers are. They're just overgrown terriers. They're just big terriers, and terriers can be, they're super smart, and they just. I always say that you have to find a human whose IQ is equal to or higher than a terrier, and that's not that easy to find.
1: I've got a little shih tzu, so I'm happy.
0: <laughs> We've had some nasty shih tzus, so I'm, I'm gonna, not going to generalize there. Oh, jeez,
1: ours is such a little sweetheart. Her name is Maddie, and she is the uh, the joy of our little uh, home here. Randy, stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. Randy Berger our special guest, and if you'd like to give us a call, one 528 Randy's going to be with me for four and a half minutes on the other side of the commercial break. And after the news, at the top of the hour, my buddy Patrick Cook will be joining me. Also, Philip Mantle tonight will be dis- will be spilling the beans on the alien autopsy. That was on Fox a number of years ago. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone. And I'll be back on the other side as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> Randy Berger is our special guest. Randy, first of all, thanks very much for being with us tonight. Uh, Today, uh, this uh, month, October, is Adopt a Sheltered Dog Month. And uh, what advice would you have for people who are thinking about going to their local shelter and buying a dog? Um,
0: Or rescuing a dog. You know, I I want everyone to think 15 years, or in my case, 21 or 25 or my dogs don't believe in death and sickness and all that <laughs> but um, and real, people need to think long term mm-hmm. think can I do 15 years no matter what in, and stick it out for that long and financially do I have the means to you know to, to take care of this dog or cat for the rest of its life no matter what no matter what kind of life changes might happen people have to really just think are they going to make that commitment?
1: You know, it's just not a matter of little Johnny or little Sally crying their little hearts out because they want a doggy that you should buy them one. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with with adopting an animal or rescuing an animal. You know, people take this so lightly, and I, for one, am very happy to see organizations such as yours, Randy, and other organizations like the SBCA... Uh, and other rescue agencies that say, "Wait a minute, hold on here. Have you given this the proper thought?" And I've seen people where bang, they want an animal, and the counselors have said, "No, I'm sorry, we're not going to uh, let you adopt an animal."
0: And yeah, we have we have yeah. people who don't like us. We wouldn't play certain dogs with them, but you know, it's you it really, it has to be a good match, and That's if right. you're going to do a puppy. Especially during the holiday season, are you going to be home to be with it? And otherwise, it's not going to get trained properly. And we see a lot of dogs mm-hmm. seven months old right after after the holiday season yep. being given up because people thought cute puppy, or they got them as a gift for someone else, and nobody thought about the long-term commitment. So during the holidays, do not buy gifts. For
1: other people. And speaking okay. about holidays with animals, Halloween is coming up, Exxon Nation. Please do your dog a favor. Put the dog in a familiar room because there's going to be a lot of people coming in and out, dressed up, the kids are going to be in high spirits. Put the dog somewhere where they're comfortable. Uh, whatever you do, do not give your dog candies and don't allow anyone to give a dog chocolate. It's no good for the dog. You can be doing uh, your, you know, the dog a lot of damage. Respect the dog, because after all, this is the dog's little private domain that all these people, dressed up, are coming in. And this just doesn't only apply at Halloween, but whenever there's a major family gathering, remember, the dog is is there. And it also needs to be taken into consideration whenever you're planning an event. Randy, thanks very much for joining us, my dear. look forward to the next time when you and I meet here in the X Zone. Thank you
0: so much.
1: You take care of yourself, and... um keep adopting those those animals
0: and i also wanted to say that through the holiday season Mm -hmm. for a donation to the rescue the net profits from the sales of the book goes to the rescue and um if you go onto our website at randyberger.com r-a-n-d-i-b-e-r-g-e-r.com you can give a donation to the rescue and we will send signed copies anywhere in north america of the
1: book that sounds great randy thanks very much for joining us tonight Bye bye now. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour, he doesn't sign books. He doesn't sign frisbees. He doesn't even sign signs. Patrick Cook is going to be with me. We're going to be talking about the Cook Reports—the strange, the weird, the bizarre stories that are in the news. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is my toll-free number. Patrick and I will be here when we come back from the news, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network